This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And up next, we are talking about a total ban on the LGBTQ plus swatch watches, which admittedly have been in the headlines for quite a while now. Yeah, this is just the latest turn in the story, right? Because yesterday, the Home Ministry officially gazetted a ban on... Okay, I'm trying to get this straight. Any publication related to those watches in any collection, uh, this includes boxes, wrappers, accessories, other related objects. This is nearly three months after the ministry seized 172 items in raids of the company's stores in the country. Um, Now, this ban was actually made under Section 7 of the Printing Presses and Publications Act 1984, which, uh, and the prohibition order says... The printing, importation, production, reproduction, publishing, sale, issue, circulation, distribution or possession of the LGBTQ plus swatch watches or anything, and I quote, which is likely to be prejudicial to morality is prohibited throughout Malaysia. Now, if you wonder what that means, the Home Minister, Dato Sri uh, Saifuddin Nasution Ismail, said that anyone caught with the swatch items, and, and as you mentioned, Lynn, it's not just the watch, yeah, it's also the materials associated with that a particular, ribbon. yes, the box perhaps. Um, now, if you get caught with it, you would be committing an offence with a penalty of a maximum three-year prison term or a maximum of twenty thousand ringgit fine or both upon conviction. And this comes under Section Eight, uh, Subsection Two of the Printing Presses and Publications Act. Uh, the Home Ministry also expressed its commitment uh, in preventing the spread of prejudicial elements and preserving security and public order in Malaysia. I think it's worth looking at what Swatch has had to say about this. So, as we all know, on June 24, uh, Swatch Malaysia filed a lawsuit naming four respondents. So, Home Ministry Chief Secretary, Home Ministry's Enforcement Division Secretary, the Home Minister himself, the Malaysian government. Uh, They claim that they did not receive complaints from the public about the watches and there was no disruption to public order caused by selling these watches. And I think um, we just wanted to lay out all the facts as they are because it's important to know what's been said on both sides of the equation in order to understand what goes next. Uh, it's also significant that that I think this is coming at a time where, well, it's always this time, where people are worried <laughs> that laws may be interpreted in a very repressive way in order to in order to ban things or in order to to ensure that the government is seen as acting in a way, in a certain kind of way. And that seems to be where we find ourselves. Yeah, because the Printing Presses and Publications Act is by no means one of our, let's say, most popular acts, is it? Yeah. Um, it's already come under criticism for being restrictive, for curtailing um, freedom of speech, for being very arbitrary in how it's being applied. And if you actually went and looked at um, how that act now looks, um, Swatch is specific specifically named um, as well as its materials, right? Which seems to be such a, I suppose, such a, what's the word, a disproportionate reaction um, to what is essentially a fashion item that people can choose to buy and wear or not. Um, 
Anyway, we will be discussing this with a criminal lawyer, Go Chiai, after this. But um, let us know, have you been following the events around this? What are your thoughts? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. 2900 Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Buggy Free Minum. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 7.13. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we are talking about the total ban of any... um, any items related to the LGBTQ plus swatch watches of um, any collection, specifically that's the the pride themed watches. Um, and so we've been asking you whether you're following this, um, what do you make of it? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Joining us to help us understand what's going on is criminal lawyer Go Chiai. Chiai, good to have you with us. So this ban was made under Section 7 of the Printing, Presses and Publications Act of 1984. Could you give us a brief rundown of what this act entails? So the ban basically prevents the printing, importation, production, reproduction, publishing, sale, circulation, distribution, possession. So what it means is that we cannot have any form of swatch washes which uh, have any association with the LGBTQ plus lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and plus group. So this includes the boxes, wrappers, accessories, any other thing related to that particular ideology uh, that's produced by Swatch. So this uh, might be confusing to many people because how can something like a watch fall under the Printing Presses and Publications Act? So publication is defined under the Printing Presses and Publications Act under Section 2 is quite wide. So you can include anything which by its form, shape, or in a manner is capable of suggesting words or ideas. You can even include an audio recording or written and printed material. So this is the reason why uh, something like a watch can also be classified under the Printing Presses and Publications Act. It's not the watch per se, but the fact that the materials which are produced with the watch can be qualified as a publication. So a good example is like the Berset 4 T-shirts, which were once classified as... Uh, it, it, there was a ban against those T-shirts as well previously in the past. So anything that's printed or anything that has that shape or form that is uh, something that's physical can qualify under publication within the Act. So what would this actually mean for someone who might already own one of these watches? Would they, for instance, not be able to wear it in public? Yeah, they shouldn't be wearing it in public. Um, but the thing is that no, it really depends on whether someone will notice you wearing them or if someone will notice that your watch is part of the collection. So, for example, uh, at the time when the government made uh, the Bersay 4 T-shirts, uh, they banned it and made it illegal to possess it. At the time, I, I think everybody still had uh, some form of possession of those T-shirts anyway. So if you kept it at home and, and if nobody knew about the fact that you own it, I don't think that uh, there can be any form of criminal action against you. But there's no guarantee that you may be driving down the road or you may be crossing the street and some police officer notices that you're wearing this particular watch. So then they may detain you and they may arrest you without a warrant, which is something that's quite um, particular in this act. For anyone that commits an offence under this act, the police can arrest you without a warrant. Usually for offences that are less than five years in imprisonment, you require a warrant to arrest a person. But for an offence under this act, they can arrest you and then they can uh, request to detain you further for than 24 hours, which is a likelihood that can occur as well. So Swatch Malaysia has filed a lawsuit uh, for the raid, claiming that they didn't receive complaints from the public, nor did sales cause any disruption to public order. Uh, Did the ban take into consideration consumer demand or preferences? And if it didn't, should it have? 
So at this juncture, we, we're not really sure exactly what uh, the basis for this ban was. All we know is that there was a gazette that was issued that declared that this particular brand of watches by Swatch uh, can no longer be in Malaysia or circulated in Malaysia. So in fact, the seizure of these watches occurred uh, long before the issuance of this uh, gazette. So uh, this gazette was made after the fact. But the problem here is um, the act empowers the police officer or any senior authorized officer to seize these uh, potential publications that may be classified as um, a prohibited publications. So this empowers them to seize these um, publications despite the fact that only a gazette is only issued sometime after the seizure. So right now, uh, Swatch Malaysia filed the suit but I think that the reason why this gazette was issued was also to uh, combat whatever uh, Swatch is, is planning to go and put in their suit against the government. Yeah, so actually Swatch filed that lawsuit for the raid back in June, but action has yet um, been has yet to be taken against the ban. What are the potential measures that they can pursue to challenge the ban? So I think uh, after the issuance of this gazette, I think that they should file a judicial review to challenge the decision of the minister to issue a ban against uh, the these products that, that were made by them. So I think this has been done for many other cases as well. A good example would be the Superman Hughes book um, that was recently upheld by the federal court to uh, the ban was held to be illegal or unreasonable. So I think there's something that can be pursued by Swatch as well. They can file a judicial review. So this judicial review will be uh, heard before the high court. And uh, some of the grounds in which uh, this judicial review can be heard on is uh, the fact that the minister had exercised his powers unreasonably because while he said that it, the um, publication is likely to be prejudicial to morality, we can argue that the exercise of this power is unreasonable. Right, which brings us to our next question, because as you say, prejudicial to morality is um, is a key phrase. It's also an interesting one, because you could say the same about any number of things, alcohol, cigarettes. Uh, what makes this specific case different? Well, I do think that the nature of it uh, is linked to the LGBTQ community, which in recent times has seen quite a spotlight on them. And I think with the recent uh, PRN coming out, elections as well, I think um People are quite sensitive about the issue. And maybe perhaps this is a um, political strategy for them to gain some favor with a certain political base that they're seeking to get favor with. Okay, but uh, they've not issued a like a nationwide ban on like rainbow colored stuff. They've just issued specifically on Swatch. And I think that they're they're testing the waters as well and to see how far they can push it. Right. So actually, that's something that people have been bringing up, right? What does this mean for other businesses that might be producing or selling similar products? Could they potentially face a similar situation? Um, and what would that look like in terms of the law? Also, I just want to add, sometimes what we see on the surface might not be the actual reason for things to be done. So for example, um, maybe money is the reason. <laughs> I don't really want to speculate, but why go after a big brand like Swatch? Maybe because Swatch, uh, maybe they can stand to benefit from going after such brands. And then this whole uh, reason of the LGBTQ reason and all that, there might not be the actual uh, driving force behind these decisions that are made. Sorry, uh, could you repeat your question again, Shamil? Oh, no, I was actually just asking what this would mean for other businesses that could also be selling, um, yeah, essentially rainbow-themed products. <laughs> I think that 
it pretty much puts a notice to all small businesses and other businesses that are, uh, international businesses that are looking at Malaysia as well, whether uh, they could they could market their products over here, especially uh, products from the Western market, which they tend to get a lot of profit by capitalizing on um, these issues, such as LGBTQ issues or, or the community. So they might see that Malaysia might not be a place that they can market these products at. So it might be it might disincentivize them from uh, bringing these products over to Malaysia or to start business over here. In terms of the smaller businesses, uh, I think that provides a lot of uncertainty as well about what you can produce and not produce because the band seems quite wide. Um, today it starts with Swatch and, and Rainbow Watches. Tomorrow, maybe Rainbow Cakes. Uh, but Cakes won't be publications, but maybe, who knows, you know, could be a lot of things that can suddenly be declared to be illegal under our possession. Chiai, is there any uh, final message that you'd like to leave us on the situation? Um, I think that the Home Minister should not be issuing such orders um, because these orders they he is basically putting um determination on what is prejudicial to morality but it's not in the purview of the home minister to decide because uh what's prejudicial to morality is pretty subjective and like i believe that he should not be exercising any form of subjective uh, religious interpretation in his uh issuance of this order so i think the minister has a lot to answer as to why this order was made was it made so it could cover up uh, some of the actions of certain uh, officers or authority authorities in terms of seizing these products without any basis so that this order can be then be used to justify whatever they've done. So I think there needs to be uh, some challenge to this order. And I think that the Home Minister uh, needs to take uh, his role seriously when it comes to issuing orders like this. Chiai, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me. That was criminal lawyer Go Chiai weighing in on the total ban of all materials related to the Swatch LGBTQ plus collection. Let us know, are you following these events? What do you make of them? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.